Hey, DJ, it's Christmas time. We're here to bring you another great episode. We got all that peace and joy in our hearts. We're going to talk about one of our favorite Christmas movies. But first, I'm going to get this hat off. It's hurting my head. I bought it too small. Oh, I feel so much better. Merry Christmas. Oh, and a Happy New Year. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Men Who Watch Movies. My name is Alec. And my name's DJ, the Movie Man Wagner, also known as the COE of The Men Who Watch Movies. And with me is the Vice President of The Men Who Watch Movies. Would you please give a big Movie Man welcome to Alec Castro Holmes! <laughs> Oh, yeah. You almost forgot my name, didn't you? <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, we have another great episode for you today. Uh, we're talking about one of our favorite, favorite Christmas movies, Ernest Saves Christmas. I know we talked about Ernest before, but who cares? I like Ernest. We've talked about Ernest Scared Stupid during Halloween, and now we're bringing you, new, bringing you another great Ernest flick. Yep. Uh, he's, he's one of our favorites. We're going to talk about all the Ernest movies eventually. We're going to shove them down your throat until you love them as much as we do, damn it. But first, before we get into all that, are we going to do what we do, what we do? We're going to get down to some business, okay? Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. We're going to talk about this week in... Movie News! Cue that intro. All right, all right, all right. This week in movie news, a first bit of movie news. We're talking Avatar, not the airbender, but the way of water. Have you seen any of the Avatar movies? Uh, I've seen the first one. Oh, you have? I haven't seen any of them. And I, I, I tried watching the first one. I fell asleep. Oh, no. I can hear the booze. I can hear the booze. I feel like Elon Musk, although he deserved those booze. So I don't deserve those booze. I, it's not that I'm hating. I just, that's what happened. I fell asleep. For the um, men who watch movies. And sometimes. The best movie critics ever. And we feel like celebrities. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, but anywho, anywho, moving along, moving along. Uh, Avatar. Um, I eventually do want to watch uh, the Avatar movies. I've got to catch up. Of course, Avatar is on Disney+. Plus, and eventually, you know, I will I want to check out Avatar Way of Water when it comes on streaming as well. But, um through my lack of viewing, it's still doing great. Of course, you know, it's making a lot of money. I've heard a lot of great things. Uh, it's earned a half a billion dollars so far. I mean, that's great. Uh, as, you know, as far as this, you know, as, as we're recording this podcast, it's earned a half a billion dollars. And it's uh, it has the second highest single day Wednesday gross of the entire year. That's amazing. Um, with a domestic total of $182.9 million and an international gross of $426.8 million. Uh, it's currently at 
609.7 million. It's going to only going to go up from there. Of course, you got the holiday weekend coming up, man. People can want to go see movies, right? Yep. I mean, you it's... just saw a movie today. What movie did you see today? I saw Babylon. Ooh. Was it good? I heard I heard some mixed reviews. Oh, it was very, very good. You know, it has like, you know, a lot of good actors, Margot Robbie. And the great Brad thespian, Tobey Maguire. Yep. He looks so creepy in that trailer. Oh, yeah. Just just very <laughs> noir-ish, very yeah. L.A. confidential-ish, Ooh. very different, very uh, noir, very um, some of that vaudeville stuff. I got to check that out. Sound, I, like, I like noir. I like vaudeville stuff. Uh, is this is it like a period piece? Pretty much, actually. They shot it word for word. You know, it's like you know, they basically you know, um, they um just took it to a different era. You know, but the shooting er- areas of the movie fantastic. The director, oh, yeah, fantastic. Nice. I got to check that out. Back to our topic at hand, Avatar. <laughs> Excuse me, Avatar. Um, Although it's doing very well, uh, James Cameron himself has has said it has it's going to be have to it's going to have to be like the highest grossing movie of all time to break even. Uh, he said it's going to have to pass like two billion dollars, uh, but I mean it's going to get there eventually, don't you think? Oh yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, not not only through ticket sales, but you got you also got like you know I want to say home video release. This sounds so old school though. Uh, you have like you know DVD sales, Blu-ray sales, streaming uh, you know revenue, and of course uh, merchandising. Uh, you got you know probably they're probably gonna make Avatar this, the flamethrower or some shit. So you know they're gonna make their money back. It might not be as fast as they hoped for, but it's gonna get there. Uh, and of course, you know they're, gonna, they're probably going to do a re-release. Like, you know, that's how uh, the first Avatar got, you know, to be the number one grossing movie of all time. Uh, so it'll it'll get there eventually, but uh, only uh, it's only a waiting game, pretty much. Uh, next bit of movie news that's going to set a little bit of legal precedent for movies going forward it has to do with trailers. I, I'm sure you have you seen trailers where th- there's scenes in there that look epic, um, but you go to watch it. And it's not in the movie. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this, right? Oh, yeah. I've seen trailers of the movies, and it's so awesome, and it's and then, fantastic. And, the, and, all and then you sudden, go watch the movie. Different. And yeah, it's not there. It's like, like Avengers comes to mind. Like, you remember there's that scene where Hulk in uh, Avengers Infinity Wars running with the team in Wakanda. That's, that shit didn't exist. Hulk was in the Hulkbuster suit the whole time. Uh, they just totally changed it up. And I get they're trying to do it to, you know, keep spoilers and whatnot, but it just flatant false advertising advertising man uh but apparently um some people are taking legal action against shit like that uh so there's these two uh movie uh, viewers that rented the movie yesterday it's a movie that came out in like i think 2019 uh about the beatles and yeah uh, like one day this guy wakes up and the beatles don't exist and uh, but he remembers their music and he uses it to make some uh, money and become famous and apparently anna de armis was supposed to be in the movie uh there was a scene of her in the trailer uh, these two people go and rent it on streaming, thinking, hey, I like Anna de Armas, want to watch this movie. Lo and behold, she's not in it. And so they brought a lawsuit about uh, to Universal uh, for $5 million. And um, apparently they're going forward with it. Uh, the Universal thought they're, you know, they're going to drop it. Uh, but it looks like the lawsuit is going to happen. So it could set a precedent for studios going forth with saying that, uh, you know, misleading people with trailers will be against the law. What do you think? I think that's a good precedent to set. I don't want to be lied to. Yeah, so so it's a very good precedent, I might add. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to be lied to. 
That's bullshit. Like, I want to see, like, if you're worried about showing spoilers, just, just cut a trailer that uh, doesn't, you know, that gives you a sense of the feel without divulging in anything, you know? Be creative. Don't add shit that's not there just to keep a secret or some shit. And in the case of yesterday, that was just blatantly, like, lying. Like, she wasn't in the movie anymore, and they, they, weren't, they weren't keeping a secret. They were literally just not uh, divulging that this actress was cut from the movie, um, which I, I could totally see. Um, I could see the point of, of suing over something like that. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what kind of uh, precedent this has in the future. I keep saying the word precedent. It sounds uh, sounds educated. <laughs> Anywho, moving on, moving on. What do you think about the National Treasure movies? Do you like them? It's awesome. This Nicholas Cage. Oh yeah, he's... Justin Bartha, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. Anything with Nicholas Cage, I think he's having a renaissance at the moment. Kind of like how, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, from Bill and Ted. Uh, um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Ke- uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu, how could I forget you? Um, you know, kind of like Keanu had. You know, uh, I think they're having. Uh, you know, we're in uh, the midst of a uh, Nicolas Cage renaissance and a Brendan yeah. Fraser renaissance at that. Yeah, I, I, I saw the trailer for the movie Whale with Brendan that Fraser. Looks good. Kind of looks a little different because you know you see Brendan Fraser as he was back then in the Mummy in the Mummy movies. Nowadays. Uh, he disappeared. He looked all pale, bald, and all of a sudden, <laughs> and then all well, of a I mean, sudden, in the in the whale, they they added weight to him. He's not really that heavy, but, um, you know, the man's living his life. Leave him alone. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're talking about Nicolas Cage. Uh, so apparently, there's still plans for another uh, National Treasure movie. Uh, of course, they got a Disney Plus series going on. Uh, but uh, Jerry Bruckheimer says that there's, they're going to work on uh, a third movie with Nicolas Cage coming down the line uh, that's still in the works. So, uh, you know, for any any uh, National Treasure fans out there, and you know, get ready for some more, man. We're going to bring back Nicolas Cage. It'd be great. Uh, he's, always, uh, he's always a fun time. Uh, whenever he pops up on screen, he always gives it his all, no matter what it is. Uh, you know you're going to have a good time, right? Yep. Uh, next bit of movie news, Diego Luna... Uh, apparently, there's some rumors going around that he's going to be the next Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Um, but he dispelled those rumors, saying that he's too busy. He's been working on a lot of stuff. You know, he's he's he said he's heard the rumors, and he doesn't even know how he gets involved in stuff like that. But he says, the only thing I could tell you is that for the next two years, I'm busy. Uh, he said, in two years, we'll see if what I want to do is even film, because he's been so busy. Uh, with doing like so much uh, that he's like not even sure if he wants to do films you know he might move on to some other kind of entertainment so uh, he's pretty much saying that no I'm not Mr. Fantastic but uh, we'll see Uh, you know we haven't heard anything uh, from uh, any kind of casting rumors or whatnot uh, aside from all that stuff about uh, John Krasinski of course he popped up in Multiverse of Madness but they're saying that he's probably not going to be Mr. Fantastic going forward what do you think do you want him to come back Yes, he's a good actor, and Emily Blunt. Yeah. It should be uh, Sue Storm and Mr. Fantastic with John Krasinski. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if he comes back, but uh, if they replace him, I'm not going to be. Uh, I'm not going to be heartbroken. I'm not uh, either. I'm just going to be excited to see anything, man. Like they haven't been I'm given us be much. Excited. Uh, what do we What do we got coming up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? We got the Marvels. Um, oh, that, that looks interesting. Uh, I did like Miss Marvel a lot. And then um, the Echo TV series is coming up. Oh yeah, Echo. Uh, we got Daredevil Reborn or something like that, right? Daredevil Born Again with Born Again. Some, yeah, 
and then and of course, um, uh, it might take place during the um, Avengers pre-post day. I guess I'm not sure, yeah. but maybe. But you know, they have some great storylines about it. Uh-huh. So and then the reason got- why they made eight, this reason why they made 18 episodes because they want to give us a big arc about you know Daredevil. Oh yeah, Kingpin and whatnot. I'm just glad to see them back. They were talking about uh, the tone of the new Daredevil series. They say it's still going to be dark, but it's going to be a little more kid friendly, like a little less gory. I bet people, I bet a bunch of people who are fans of the Netflix series are losing their shit. You know, honestly, I don't care too much. Like, I mean, obviously, I care enough to be like, I don't want them to to do these characters wrong, but. Uh, I've been enjoying a lot of the stuff on uh, Disney Plus. A lot of people say Disney Plus ruined the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, it's not that serious, guys. It's not that true. Um, I, you know, it's not. I'm basically, it's not like, it's not like the best content in the world, you know. But it's fun, and that's all I care about. And I've been enjoying it, and that's all I have to say about that. All right, all right. Let's move on. Move on to our next bit of movie news. Uh, uh, let's move to the DC universe. I haven't really been able to talk about with the crazy stuff going on at DC. Last time I believed we did a podcast, I mentioned that uh, Henry Cavill was back as Superman, but that's not true no more. Uh, he is gone. He is gone. Uh, James Gunn and company are just wiping the slate clean. So we, you know, Henry Cavill gone. We got uh, freaking Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot gone. Uh, we've got the new Aquaman movie coming out soon. Uh, but after that, he's gone. The Flash, Ezra Miller, he should have been gone a long time ago. But now, after this new Flash movie coming out, he's gone. They're wiping everything, man. Of course, Ben Affleck was gone a long time ago. Uh, I mean, he's going to pop up in the new Flash movie. But um, they're wiping everything, man. Even uh, Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam, which I had reported in a previous episode that it did great. Apparently, it didn't do so great. Uh, there was even some controversy about The Rock like faking some of the numbers, right? He was like reporting false numbers, saying it was doing better than it was. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it did bad enough to where they're saying, nope. I think this is like one of the things that that convinced them to wipe the slate clean because Dwayne Johnson was saying like he was going to be like the saving grace of the DC Universe, right? Yep. Yeah, he was going to be like the new... Um, like head of everything and he was touting that you know black adam was going to revitalize everything and there's gonna be a shift in the dynamic and whatnot uh but uh, it just didn't w- resonate enough with fans and uh you know now they're wiping everything uh there was a bit of um you know uncertainty about the way the rock felt about it he started unfollowing some of the accounts over at dc uh but then he came out with a statement kind of setting uh the record straight um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty long note, but I'm going to kind of summarize it. He's basically saying that, you know, um, I'm breaking my silence, addressing the fans, saying that uh, he spoke with James Gunn and that, you know, Black Adam is not going to be going forward in the new chapter of DC Universe. But uh, he's still talking with him. And he said, however, uh, DC and Seven Bucks, which is his production film, uh, has agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways uh, they can bring Black Adam uh, to the future of the DC multiverse. So for all we know, they might bring him back in some iteration, you know, like they're doing with. Uh, well, they might. No, it's yeah. uh, it's uh, art imitates life and life imitates art. Yeah, I love that saying. Um you know how like they did with, uh, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. They brought back Toby. And then, of course, they brought back, you know, Charles Xavier. They're bringing back, um, um, what's his face? Logan. Um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, the you know, muscle actor. For all we know, in the future of DC, they might do some kind of multiverse shit where they bring back Henry Cavill eventually and uh, Dwayne Johnson. And they'll have their little battle like they were supposed to. Um, 
So that might be exciting. They could do something like that in the future. But for now, they're focused on wiping the slate clean. What do you think? Do you think that's a good idea to wipe the slate clean? Yep. Yep. Yeah, just to wipe the slate clean and, you know, and give everything a fresh start because it's going to oh, be yeah. a new year soon. So fresh 2023. And so clean. But we're still in the year of 2022, so <laughs> let's be positive, we're almost, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the year. Um and uh, hopefully next year is a great year. Um, the you know, James Gunn has responded to the Rock, uh, the Rock's post, uh, saying that I uh, love the Rock, and I'm always excited to see what him and Seven Bucks is going to do next, and he can't wait to collaborate soon. So there's a lot of you know, there's still good blood there. You know, everything's all good in the hood. Um, can't wait to see what they do with the DC universe because it's about time that they did justice to the Justice League. Uh, moving on. Um, our last bit of movie news. It's a little sad bit of movie news. Uh, we're announcing at the death of Netflix password sharing. Oh, no. What do you think about that? Random. <laughs> but, uh... I know I tricked you there. You thought I was going to say a celebrity passed away. Um, that's bad news for me because I'm... I'm a cheapskate, and I'm, I'm using someone else's password. But caring, uh, <laughs> yeah, they even posted that. Like Netflix posted that like a while back, uh, and now they're 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 going back on their words, the bastards. You know they want to be profitable. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean they they've been going downhill uh, for a while now, so they're seeing this as a way to increase revenue. And I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, I wonder if they're going to do like a Spotify kind of thing. You know, Spotify. Like, if you have an account. Like a like a basic paid account, you can only use it on one device. And if you try using it on another device, the previous device you were using it on, it just stops playing and only plays on the the current device that you're watching or listening on or whatever. So they could do something like that, you know. And then if you want to listen or watch on multiple devices, you have to pay more, which is I think what they're doing. And of course, they're doing like a commercial tier that's cheaper, but they have commercial. I don't know. So I mean, I don't know. Netflix hasn't been as good as it used to be. So they need to really step it up. I mean, the only really thing I could think of that's exciting on there is like Stranger Things, but they're on their final season. And then um, I've just been watching Seinfeld on repeat pretty much. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's our last bit of movie news. Yep. Uh, Now it's time to get on to the show. So, Ernest saves Christmas. What, what would you rank this Ernest movie in in the in the Ernest in the Ernest P. Worrell verse? Uh, let's would, see. Um, like, say, like, would you rate it? Um, let, let's say in terms of like uh, first place, second place, third place. You know, what, 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 would you rate it like number one being the best, or would you like just say like out of five, or would you rate it number five? I would rate it uh, 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 number. Remember, number one would be the best. So what would you one. rate? You would so you you would say it's like your favorite Ernest movie. Yep. Thumbs you know, up I would say I would say so too. And like it, it's almost tied for me with Ernest Scared Stupid, but uh, uh, this one uh, I almost think it takes the cake, man. It's just feel good, um, and, and it's you know just a wonderful movie to watch during Christmas time. Uh, even John Cherry, the director, he said that it was his, he, he thought it was the best Ernest movie. Uh, so he would agree with your assessment of being number one. And it's, uh, it's the highest grossing Ernest movie. And it was actually the only Ernest movie 
uh, to be released overseas, which you know probably contributed to it being financially successful. Um, and it was the first movie to be filmed at Disney slash MGM Studios. What do you think about that? Awesome. That's that's great. You know, a lot of trivia. I got a lot of trivia on this episode. I, I did my homework. Okay, uh, trying to keep things interesting, man. Uh, so the movie starts with uh, some nice um, montage. You got a uh, you got a scene with all, all different kinds of images of Santa Claus, uh, with some classic Christmas music, man. You got uh, deck the halls, oh Christmas tree. Uh, you know, just you know, it's like kind of choir singing. Has uh, a lot of good uh, like Christmas. It gets you in the real Christmas mood. Uh, am I right about that? Yep. With that intro, it, you know, just right off the bat. And then it uses, like, the classic, like, like Coca-Cola Santa. And it uses, like, I think some, like, Norman Rockwell stuff. A lot of just classic Santa imagery to get ready for the Santa plot. Because this whole plot revolves around Santa Claus and finding the new successor of the Santa throne. Isn't that right? Yep. Definitely, definitely good. Um... And the, the, a lot of the a lot of the plot too reminds me. Uh, it has like a lot of uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street vibes. Would you say? Oh yeah, very very much. Which uh, it, it makes it that much more wholesome because it gives you it gives you the vibes of a, like a classic Christmas movie like that, um, with a new twist, with an earnest twist. Uh, so uh, the movie starts out. We see Santa flying into Orlando. It's the twenty third of December. Uh, he's talking with this business guy. Uh, it's funny too because like he doesn't tell the guy that he's Santa Claus, but he just you know he's he's just talking with him, business and whatnot. He thinks he's just, he's just another business guy. And then uh, he's like, "Yeah, have you been in Orlando before?" He's like, "Yeah, I usually come once a year, but I usually come in a different way." Kind of you know jokingly referring to the fact that he comes in on a sleigh every year, a Santa Claus del- delivering presents. Um, yeah, I thought that was funny, right? And then, um, uh, he, you know, he's talking with the guy and he keeps dropping, dropping like a little bit of like, uh, uh, you know, kind of Santa hints almost, uh, because you, you know, if you're talking to him, like you wouldn't really know that he's talking about his job as Santa Claus, but, um, you know, if he, since we're in on it, you know, we know, we know that it's kind of like a little play on words and whatnot, because there's one point where he's talking about, uh, you know what, um, I don't think I have the magic uh, for another trip this year. You know, that's why he's, you know, thinking about passing on the torch because the magic is dying out. You know, we know literally he's talking about magic, like his, the Santa Claus magic. Uh, but the business guy thinks he just he's talking in uh, metaphors and whatnot because he's like, oh, yeah, I feel the same way every time they send me to Pittsburgh on a business trip and stuff. So I think it's funny that little conversation we have because we were in the know, you know, that this guy's Santa Claus, but the other guy has no clue. That's uh, pretty hilarious. And then, um, uh, he, Santa's like, I'm having trouble remembering who's naughty, who's nice, who asked for the toy truck and who wanted the bicycle. And the guy's like, sounds like a database problem. I thought that was a little funny exchange, right? Yep. And, uh, fun fact, the guy that Santa was talking to, he was in the Punisher. Oh, really? And then, well, let's talk about who Santa was. Douglas Seal from Aladdin. Yeah, he played the the Sultan. I didn't know that at first, but then I was like, that voice sounds familiar. And then, uh, yeah, and I I looked it up one day, and I'm like, oh shoot, that's where I that's where I remember that voice from. He's he plays the Sultan on Aladdin, and he's been he's done other you know character work as well. I think he's done other voices as well too. He has a very memorable voice. I think that makes him perfect. Uh, for Santa, which is funny because uh, he's been in a Disney movie with Aladdin and then, uh, and then Jim Varney he plays Ernest. He's been in Toy Story. So they both done Disney voice acting. 
Uh, and then this movie is produced by Disney. So it, it's all it ties in, you know, like a Marvel universe or some shit. It makes sense. And it did definitely. Uh, yeah. And, and then I like, I like the little details he put in there. Like every time Santa walks by a kid, um, they get like this premonition. They know like something special is happening because they get, you hear like a little twinkle uh, of like these magic bell sound and they, they, they can't help but stare at them and follow them around because they, they know in their heart of hearts that this is a magical man. This is Santa Claus. Um, even if they don't know, know it right away, they know something special about him. Um, I thought that was kind of a little fun little thing. Although he gives this like, he gives a wink to one of the kids. I I feel like if I was a parent, I'd be creeped the fuck out. I'd be like, get the fuck away. Uh, but not knowing he's Santa Claus, you know, because Santa Claus, you know, of course, the logic of this movie, you know, parents, you know, believe that Santa Claus is just fake, you know, like in the real world. But there really is a Santa Claus walking around. And this is the guy. He's looking for someone to take over. Joe Carruthers himself. Oh, yeah. And then uh, next we meet Ernest. He's a he's a guy. He's a cab driver. He's driving a guy to the airport. Uh, his, his cab number is number sixty nine, uh, which is a uh, obviously a little bit of a dirty joke. I don't know how they snuck that into a Disney produced movie, but it's there. It doesn't really fit in an Ernest movie, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little bit of a weird uh, detail that they went with in the movie. Sixty nine, dudes. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's his cab number, and uh, he he's driving this guy uh, to the airport. He's like the sweatiest guy in the world. I don't <laughs> I don't know why they picked him. But yeah, he, I like, have no idea. But he is sweaty he, as a. He looks sweaty. like a mannequin man, and he's like very stiff. And this is before the whole gag with him like freezing and everything. Um, but he just really like is. His, his expressions are very stiff and he looks like he's about to throw up. He's all sweaty. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with that guy. Anywho, I hope he was okay. <laughs> um, anyway, he's driving this guy to the airport and then uh, Ernest is singing his rendition of uh, Oh Christmas Tree. 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 Oh, Christmas tree. He's just digging it. Like, the only lyrics are, oh, Christmas tree. And uh, I love singing that version. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. Uh, so the guy, he's not having it. He's like, hey, come on. I'm, I'm late. You got to hurry up, buddy. I got to get to the airport. And then, uh, and then Ernest, he just goes full batshit crazy. Uh, he, he, he references the fact that he was like a race car driver at some point, which I would love to see that movie, like Ernest at the races or some shit. I have an almost supernatural feel for the road beneath my tires. <laughs> Thrill driver! Uh, where he's like a NASCAR driver. They can de-age Jim Varney and do that racing car movie. <laughs> yeah, that would be really, really good. That would have been badass uh, to see him. But he, he refers to himself as Ernest P. Worrell, the screaming demon. And uh, so he... Uh, he just goes fucking nuts. He, he hauls ass. He's like zipping in and out of traffic. The guy, the, the, the passenger's so scared that he literally gets petrified. Like he, he, he can't move. He's stuck like frozen in time. Like that's what I love about these movies. They're like, they're like live action cartoons, uh, like a Looney Tune or some shit. And then uh, the guy, he's so stiff that he falls out of the car. And then uh, Ernest has to like physically pick him up. But he's like frozen because he's so scared about Ernest was driving. And then he throws him back in the car, drives him back to the. Uh, he drives him back to the airport. Uh, and then we see Santa. He's checking in with you know, with the uh, airport security, showing him the passport. And of course, his passport has him in full Santa getup. And uh, the guy's just like, uh, "You can't be serious." And then he looks around at the rest of the the people. Uh, you know, they're in their various you know 
outfits. outfits. Yeah, from whatever region they're from. And then uh, he sees like these people in these hippy dippy outfits with like there's like this white guy with dreads and he sees all kinds of people in different <laughs> in different outfits and he just he just says to himself i hate my job and then he got okay he lets him through um and then he's like thanks skippy and then what it's funny i like there's another little detail about santa he he remembers everyone's name and so and he that, and that <laughs> sound effect of that twinkle sound yeah because it's like magical you know he and then the the, the guy's like freaked out because how do he know my childhood name he didn't say that but like you can see he's like how, how does he know my childhood name um i thought that was funny i like those little details they put in there and uh, Ernest, he, he he gets the guy to the airport, but he's still frozen. He's still petrified. He tries helping him uh, into the airport, but he ends up, he accidentally lands on the baggage uh, carousel and he gets sucked up into the, you know, the, on the conveyor belt. And then the guy, you know, he tries taking out his, uh, the guy's luggage and it rips and all the clothing is flying everywhere. He just like starts kicking stuff underneath the cab. Uh, airport security is chasing after him because uh, he's driving recklessly and he's, causing accidents and stuff and uh he runs away and then that's where he runs into uh santa claus and so he gives him a ride just so he can get the fuck out of the airport <laughs> um but yeah i thought that was hilarious and he wears those glasses those 3d, gla- 3D <laughs> oh, yeah. glasses yeah again again with the detail i love the little details so it's like santa is not used to going around uh, you know in the daytime like so he's not used to the bright sun of florida because uh, he usually, you know, when he's in Florida, it's at nighttime flying around on his sleigh and whatnot. So uh, he's asking Ernest for some sunglasses. But all he has is some 3D, 3D glasses. Uh, and so he gives them to them. He looks like a hip cat in the back with his 3D specs, man. Um, and then uh, and then Ernest is like, oh, you know, I, you know, I bet you get this all the time. But you know who you look like? Santa Claus? I guess you hear that a lot, huh? Oh, yes, but then it's to be expected. Because you look like him? Because I am him. Because you am him. Um, what do you think so far? Best movie ever. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Well, not, I mean, I know best movie of all time, but definitely one of the, my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Definitely the best earnest movie of all time. Um, later we see these characters, Chuck and Bobby at the airport. They're hilarious. They're they're brothers. They're actually uh, also, because uh, for those that don't know, Ernest P. Worrell, the character, he's actually a uh, a character created to adver- you know, for advertisements. He, he would adverti- advertise stuff. And um, the other two characters in this uh, movie, uh, Chuck and Bobby, that work at the airport, they were also created by the same ad agency responsible for Ernest P. Worrell. Uh, so that's a that's a neat little uh, tidbit of information there. Uh, they're pretty hilarious. Um, they, um, uh, so basically they're, they're in charge of like, uh, getting like all the shipments and stuff onto the planes and off the planes and whatnot. And, um, and, uh, Chuck is saying that, Hey, you know, if it wasn't for us, nothing would get, get done around this airport. And then Bobby, uh, he's like waving in, uh, they're trying to get one of the crates off the truck and accidentally falls on him. And again, with that Looney Tune logic, he gets crushed like Wiley Coyote or some shit. And then later you see, uh, Chuck driving away with Bobby like plastered to the back of the the crate. That, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Did you like that? Oh yeah, it was very very funny. Very <laughs> slapstick comedy, but very very funny, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and, la- and later on, when the Ernest is driving Santa, they, he sees a truck with some Christmas trees on there. Uh, he makes the comment. He's like, you know, you can keep your channel number five, but you know, just give me some of that 
old lonesome pine. He loves the smell of Christmas trees. And the truck uh, swerves or something and it drops a Christmas tree. And he goes freaking nuts trying to grab the Christmas tree. He stops in the middle of traffic causing some more accidents. And so he's so reckless. Um, uh, but yeah, he gets the Christmas tree, throws it in the car and he breaks the windows and shit. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he, he just really wanted that tree. Um, Santa is like, uh, I could take it that you really need a tree. And he's like, no, I, I got one already, but I've got a friend who could use it. Besides, it's a shame for it to be all alone on Christmas. And uh, Santa is very impressed. He's like, oh, you know, it's nice to see someone who's passionate about Christmas. And then uh, it's, it's revealed that Ernest, he really had an, a strong affinity for Christmas. Uh, he felt like it was a holiday just for him. You know, he felt very special on Christmas. And he has a he has that childlike love of Christmas still. Um and then uh, later we cut back to uh, Chuck and Bobby. Uh, they have the crate. They're trying to figure out what the heck the crate says. It's a, they're, they're debating on whether uh, one of the letters in the name is an M or a V. <laughs> they keep going back and forth. What are they? Remember the M V M V M V hole for helper elms. Yeah, they think it says uh, helper elms, and then uh, I think it's Amish or Quaker. <laughs> yeah. They think it's like some yeah, Amish or Quaker name or something like that. They, they don't know what to make of it. But then the box starts shaking. And then uh, Chuck always does this thing when he's scared. Like he, he wags his eyes back and forth like, oh, my God. Uh, and then put like a little cartoon sound effect in there. Pretty wacky stuff, man. And then uh, Santa later, we cut back to Santa and Ernest. He asks Santa, uh, he asks, Santa asks, asks Ernest if he's heard of Joe Carruthers uh, from Uncle Joey's Treehouse. He's, a, he's like a TV host for kids. And then uh, Ernest is like, yeah. Uh, and then he starts singing the theme song. It's a little bit of world building, you know. They, they never get old. They, they always seem new. Those three Sweet little words, please, please and thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, he reveals that he believes that Joe Carruthers uh, would make the perfect Santa. And he's going to ask him if he would take over the, the reins. Um, and we, it's, it's revealed, you know. That he believes he has the spirit um, because, you know, he does the children's program and Ernest, he's like, he, he says something like, oh, I, you know, I bet he makes a, a lot of moolah off that show. And he's like, you don't get rich doing a once a week children's program. You do it because you love it. And that kind of reveals uh, the reason why he chooses him is because, you know, he really has a passion uh, for this kind of thing. And he, he feels like that would translate excellent over into being Santa Claus. Um and then Ernest and Santa run into the character Harmony Star. Uh, she's just, she's the kid uh, who's um, running away from home. Uh, we see uh, we see her at a restaurant. She bails on the check, uh, and then uh, you know she's she's running away, and then uh, she happens to run into Ernest and Santa in the in the thing. Uh, and then she makes up some some kind of bullshit story to them, saying that oh that's that's her mean uncle who forced uh, her to work at the restaurant, and that he was keeping her in her in his basement and some shit like that. But of course it's all bullshit. Uh, she ran out on the check, uh, which is pretty messed up. <laughs> that's messed up. I, have you ever have you ever seen that in real life? I have actually. Me and my mom went to Chili's or, or, or Applebee's, and we saw uh, some people you know bailing out of the check, and I. Shit. And I, I saw, you know, the waiters, you know, you just, they caught him and they just brought him back to the oh, restaurant. Oh, they caught so, him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen that before, too. And then was, uh, it was like a whole group of people. They ordered like a shit ton of beers and food and whatnot. They fucking just ran out and there was too many of them to catch. And what a bunch of assholes. Uh, anywho, not to get too off topic here. That's good. 
too off topic. Um, yeah, so they run into Harmony Star, and like I said, she uh, uh, she's making up some story, but uh, in earnest, uh, you know, of course they don't. There's no reason not to believe her. So, so he he tells her in his John Wayne impression. Well, not to worry, little lady. You're safe with us. <laughs> and I like that camera angle that they use. It's like they have like a really low camera angle, so it makes them look like awkward and creepy. And then uh, she turns to the back seat, and then uh, and then Santa's like, oh, "He's Ernest, and I'm Santa Claus." And then Ernest has like this goofy, like childlike look on his face, surprised. <laughs> and she's like, "Um, no, not really." <laughs> Uh, I wonder what's gone in her, on in her life that she's not surprised by that. Uh, anywho, you can tell she's weirded out, to say the least. Uh, Santa gets to his destination. Uh, you know, he's he's dropping uh, Santa off to see Joe Carruthers at the... Uh, it's like a children's museum, right, in Orlando? And that's where he's doing, like, this... Uh, his kid's show from. His kid's show is being canceled. And so that's why he thinks he would be perfect to trans- transition him into the role of Santa Claus. Um, but unfortunately, when Santa gets there, uh, he doesn't have the moolah. <laughs> uh, he and thought he, he had the money. Mr. Fun Time money, which is playtime money. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, at one point, he gave a, a child a gift. Of, it was like a place, a Mr. Funtime playset, And he gave him a bunch of Mr. Funtime money. But it turns out he actually gave him his real money. And, and then he kept the fake money by accident. Uh, but I love the way Ernest says it. He's like, this is uh, money from one Mr. Funtime. He, he always has a great way of delivering his lines. Uh, but in the spirit of Christmas, he gives Santa the ride for free. Which later doesn't bode well for Ernest. He, get, he gets him fired. Right, he gets him fired from his job. Yep, because the, the his boss is like, I told you not to give ride to just any random bum that you see in the street. He's like, this isn't a random bum; it's Santa Claus. And then, uh, of course, he doesn't believe that shit, so he fires his ass. Uh, which is a, it's not very common. I mean, like Ernest was the trash truck driver; he was literally dragging people on the back of his truck, and he never got fired. So and it's surprising to see Ernest get fired. Uh, anywho, <laughs> um. So Santa goes to talk to Joe about being the new Santa Claus. And we see the agent, Marty Brock, uh, rolling up, trying to get Joe to join uh, the latest movie uh, called Santa Slay, uh, which is a play on words. Later, we find out it's not exactly uh, what we think. But uh, it's a horror uh, movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Slay, not being like a sleigh like they would ride on, but slay like and kill. Yeah. Apparently it's like riding a, children on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, when Santa hears the news, like that, it's like a horror movie. It uh, pisses him off. Yeah, it's about like aliens coming down to Earth and terrorizing children. He gets mad. That reminds me of that scene in uh, uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street where he bops the guy with the uh, with his cane. It reminds me of that exactly. <laughs> uh, something similar happens to um, uh, because you got the. I mean. The, the the agent is like pretty much the closest we get to having an antagonist in this movie because um, he's like a sleazy big time, you know, guy. He, like his license plate literally big says, deals. yeah, big deals. And then he's singing a, a, a version of Jingle Bells when he rolls up. He's like, Jingle Bells, checkbook swells, big deals all the way. And then he even uh, he, he mistakes the uh, the mailman for a, a, a valet. <laughs> he's like, hey, park it in some shade. <laughs> some shit. Uh, yeah, very entitled guy. And so he, he's basically arguing um, back and forth with, um, well, not arguing, but he's trying to convince, um, uh, what's his name? 
Joe Carruthers. Yeah, he's trying to f- convince Joe Carruthers to uh, take part in this movie. He's like, this is a great opportunity. The guy who was the lead dropped out, and yeah, I can get you, uh, um, you know, uh, an audition. This is great. And then, uh, meanwhile, Santa's trying to convince uh, Joe to be the new Santa Claus. Uh, so there's a little bit of conflict there. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, uh, the agent gets annoyed. And then, uh, you know, he miss he mishears him at first. He thinks that his name is Mr. Santos. But then he's, no, it's Santa Claus. And then he sees an opportunity there. He thinks he's like it's some, at this point when this guy thinks he's Santa Claus, he thinks that he's some old crazy guy. So to get him out of his hair, he has him commit. No, he has him, he has him uh, put in jail. I, I don't know why they put him in jail. That's pretty fucked up. It's like, it's like he did anything wrong. But uh, he hasn't put in jail so he can get him out of his way. And there, therein lies a problem because now you have Santa Claus in jail. Uh, Ernest, meanwhile, he uh, he takes the tree uh, to Vern's house. And one of, my, one of the most hilarious scenes ever. Oh, 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 Vern. Uh, this is the Christmas. only time uh, in an Ernest movie where you see Vern appear. Uh, I mean, he, you don't see him physically, but it's from his point of view. It's like a first-person Vern point of view. Uh, but it's the only time Vern is actually in a scene with Ernest in, in any of the movies. Um uh, Vern first slams the door on Ernest, but then Ernest barges in and fucks the sh- f- fucks his shit up, man. He fucks up his house. I don't know what the fuck Ernest was thinking. Like he literally goes in and, and like he has good intentions, I guess. But then he starts like drinking his punch. Party like, punch. He's like ooh, party punch, and he starts drinking. And then that's like that's not that's not even half of it. He starts ripping out his electrical. I guess he's trying to set up the Christmas lights or something. But he's like literally. Pulling electrical out of the walls and I got an idea. It's ridiculous. Oh, cutters. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He totally just fucked up Vern's house. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Ernest is not in jail yet. Uh, but that, but that, that, that's which ironically, that's the next movie. Ernest goes to jail, but uh, it wasn't his fault. It was a, it was a switch up. Anywho, not to get too off topic here. That's good. Too <laughs> off topic. Uh, Marty Brock, the um, uh, like I said, uh, he got annoyed. Uh, by Santa, he's he's the um, the agent, so he he sends Santa to jail. And then the, there's a funny scene at the at the police station. Um, they're taking Santa's fingerprints, and they notice that his fingerprints have like snowflakes embedded, like a snowflake pattern embedded in there. Um, and then um, Ernest, meanwhile, when he's at uh, Vern's house, like you said, uh, he goes he goes to get some bolt cutters out of his truck. To, to fix Vern's house and then he notices Santa's bag and he opens it and he sees like the glowing magical orbs in there and, and he, he realizes that Santa is the real deal He's him. and then uh, you know Har- Harmony is doubtful about it and she's like well if this is a Santa then why doesn't he have a sleigh and reindeer and then we cut to uh, Chuck and Bobby again dealing with the flying reindeer. They're like, it could be aliens. They're like they, they burst out of their box and they're or like, Latvian goats. They're, they're like, I know, right? And they're walking on the ceiling and shit. That was that was pretty funny. A uh, little fact about the sad fact about the reindeer. The apparently they were flown in from Northern Ontario, Canada, um, to the film's production in Orlando, Florida. During filming, the production ran into trouble when the reindeer. The reindeer's first day on set um, was there in ninety. Special effects. It was in reindeer? ninety-five degree heat, and the antlers uh, on the reindeer began to shed, and they were literally falling off. And this is from uh, I got this from um, IMDb. 
so I don't know how true this is, but this is sad if it's true. And they said literally their antlers were shedding and falling off, exploding bl- bloody nubs. The reindeer makeup, uh, they called people to uh, in to do makeup on the reindeers and give them proper antlers, but the, rain- the reindeers weren't having it. Ultimately, they decided to refilm and reschedule the scenes uh, to be shot in Nashville, Tennessee, two months later. So those poor reindeer were brought into this unnaturally uh, unseasonable heat uh, of, uh, of Florida. And uh, it caused their antlers to shed. Uh, those poor reindeer. Uh, that's awful. Uh, people, the things people do for movies. Uh, they're way more conscious nowadays. Uh, most of the time they just do CGI animals now, which is way better. I mean... It doesn't look as good, but, you know, it's way better for the animals. They don't have to be abused like that. Anywho, uh, Ernest starts pulling out items from the bag, uh, you know, just testing out the magic. And it's kind of cool. The or- You pull out the orb, and I guess through Santa magic, it turns into whatever item uh, that, you know, whatever toy is going to be delivered to the kids. Uh, back at the police station, the cop is trying to get Santa to tell him his real name. But he's like, I told you, my name is Santa Claus. He's like, okay, we'll we'll just go with John Doe then. And he's like, what's your age? He's like, 151. <laughs> it's another it's another bit uh, bit of comedy that reminds me of uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Um, and then uh, Ernest has to uh, look for Santa because he, now he knows Santa's real, and so um, you know he's worried about him. He's like, this could be the end of Christmas on this planet as we know it, because he has his you know he he has his bag here. And, you know, what is he going to do without his magic bag? So uh, he, he's, he's going to have to go uh, find Santa. <laughs> and there's one funny part uh, I like where he's like, I, you know, when I see his frostiness, I'm going to ask him how he got into my house when I was a kid because all they had was central heating. They didn't have a fireplace. So he, 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 imagined, he imagined Santa like crawling around through the ducks in his house. And I pictured him wandering around in there trying to find a way out and finally turning himself into sort of this big blob and oozing through the vent covers. I love that scene where he says ooze. He does like a thing with his hands. He's, he squeezes his face through his hands, uh, visualizing, you know, giving us a little visual of what he imagined, you know, Santa oozing through the a vents. A movie like. that keeps on giving the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. That, it's that, funny. That, the image of Santa oozing through the Kid vents friendly, sticks with you. Adult friendly. So he, uh, he, he, a, he goes, of, a person <laughs> who's a fan of Jim Barney will love this yeah. movie. So he goes back to the TV station looking for Santa, um, you know, to, so he can give him his bag. And then the, it's funny because the, the, the kids hear that he's looking for Santa Claus and they laugh at him. <laughs> and he gets all offended. He's like, yuck it up. Santa happens just happens to be, to be a, a personal close friend of mine. Yeah. So he's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> like mocking the kids and shit. And then uh, Ernest learns that Santa got busted. And so he's worried. And then uh, Harmony... Uh, later on, you see Harmony's acting a little sketch. She's trying to get, uh, she's trying to wish for cash to come out of Santa's bag, but you know, of course, it's not working for her because she doesn't know how to wield Santa's magic. And then uh, Erna rushes off to to go and get Santa. Uh, he poses as, as some guy named Oscar Clement. Uh, he say he says he's doing like a surprise visit at the at, at, you know at the prison. He's doing some kind of inspection, and he uh, says that Harmony Star is. Uh, the governor's niece and that she's doing like a school report that's why she's there and, and so he goes in and tries to assess the situation and he sees santa there and he's like oh you know who is this and then he's like i'm santa claus and he's like you're putting this delusional man in here with the prisoners with ordinary uh, <laughs> odd criminals yeah and he's like you know he's basically saying that his his insanity is going to be an infectious and that he needs to take him to the crazy house right away and so that's his excuse for getting him out of prison and it works you know of course 
Ernest knows how to do things right. And then, and uh, in oh, yeah, that's right. That was one of my favorite scenes. So, well, while, while Santa's in prison, he gets all the prisoners to do a, a rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas because he's famous, he's Santa Claus. I love it. And then, he, yeah, you hear you hear someone from a far off prison cell, all the, like Santa just like sticks his hand out of the, the jail cell, conducting him. And then you hear in the distance. I love that. That was hilarious. I'm glad you reminded me of that scene. Uh, but yeah, that was great. And then uh, Santa reveals that the Christmas magic is running out. He needs to pass his powers to Joe or else Christmas could go kaput. Uh, so uh, Ernest dresses up as another one of his famous characters that we saw in in previous uh, Ernest movies. Uh, Auntie Nelda, the old lady. Uh, he goes uh, he, he goes posing as uh, the mom of the... Um, of the agent. Uh, this is the second time we see Ernest dress up as Auntie Nelda and uh, he would play her for uh, most of the series up, up until Ernest goes to Africa in 1997. Another fun fact from IMDb. Uh, he goes to the talent agency. He, uh, like I said, he poses Marty Brock's mom uh, talking shit about him saying how that, that that's his, uh, that's her least favorite son and whatnot. And uh, he, he's just there to get information about Joe so he can find the whereabouts of Joe Carruthers. Uh, I, I like that scene when he's first walking up to the building. Like he's he's even he's in character even though no one's around. Like he's walking up the steps and he's saying in the Auntie Nelda voice, he's like, "These steps might as well be Mount Everest." Uh, I love that character. What do you think about it? <laughs> oh, it is funny. Talk yeah. about slapstick comedy. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and then Santa has a heartfelt conversation with Harmony. The, the actress who plays Harmony, she has like a lot of good emotional moments. Uh, she's a pretty good actress. Um, he's like, your mother must be worried about you. Uh, she's, you know, he's like, you've been gone for a month now. He's like, that's a long time for a girl your age to be out on her own. And she's like, well, I, you know what? Everyone thinks I'm really young, but you know, I'm really not, not. And she's lying. She's trying to make herself out to be older than she is. And he's like, oh, my mistake. I mixed you up with someone whose parents had some problems last year and then got so wrapped up in themselves that they forgot that she needed a little attention too. And then, uh, that hit home for her because that's, you know, coach Santa knows everything that's going on. Uh, and then she kind of caught her off guard and she lies. She tries to brush it off. She's like, no, uh, no, um, I don't know anyone like that. She's like, it sounds to my, it sounds to me like though, whoever this is, she ought to wise up to the way things are and just start looking out for herself, you know, but, uh, you know, you can tell through her acting that she, you know, Santa's words really like hit her hard. I thought that was some good emotional moments with her, right? Oh yes. Very, very emotional moments, but, uh. Yeah. Excellent movie. Yeah. And then later we see Bobby and his brother again. Uh, they pull out an umbrella and he's like, uh, better safe than sorry. They're worried. Better that the, safe than sorry. They're worried that the reindeers are going to shit on them. Cause I know I'm a cautious man, but <laughs> better safe than sorry. Yeah. Oh man. The, imagine the reindeers just shitting all over him. Okay. And then Ernest uh, poses as a snake wrangler because he goes, he wants to sneak in on the movie set. Our paws and so, snake. <laughs> I love that hick man that he plays. It's great. And a little fun fact uh, on the side of the pickup truck um, that, you know, that Ernest is driving, it says Apopka snakes. Uh, and then the, that's actually where the executive producer is from. Joseph Ackerman uh, apparently went to a school, high school in Apopka, Florida. A city north of Orlando where uh, most of the filming was done. So it's a little little reference to that. Uh, and then uh, there's not really snakes in the back of the truck. It's just Santa Claus. He's hiding underneath a sheet with a bunch of rubber hoses. And then he's shaking a rattle. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, Ernest is like hitting the sheet with the stick, pretending like there's live snakes back there. 
he successfully sneaks Santa on set to see Joe. Uh, I, like that, I like that part where uh, Santa sees those like those hot like uh, Santa ladies, yeah, and he, like, dressed in the Christmas he, outfits. He's like, he twiddles his beard at them. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then he runs into someone dressed as Santa, and he like it stops him dead in his tracks for a little bit, and he just kind of stares at him. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and that's when uh, that's when Santa walks in on Santa's sleigh. He sees that it's a horror movie. He's appalled that someone would make a, such a movie like that. Uh, that's when Santa bops the director on the nose. It reminds me of uh, Miracle on 34th Street. The best reference ever. Yeah. And then uh, Joe says, you know what? I better talk to this guy. He seems like he really wants to talk to me. And then uh, the, I think he's like the director or like the the agent. He's like, what are you going to talk to him about? Flying reindeer? And then we cut again to uh, to uh, Bobby and his brother. They're talking with animal control. They're trying to get animal control to take care of the reindeer. And then they're freaked the fuck out because they see reindeer walking on the roof. And then they're uh, they get scared the shit out of, and they're like, um, uh, you know what? That that's not us. We don't handle shit like this. Uh, you got to call air traffic control. Uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, Santa tells Joe about being Santa, and then uh, Joe seems hesitant. Of course, it's like he doesn't know if this is true or not. Like, what are you supposed to believe that this guy's really Santa Claus? You know, uh, he's hesitant about being able to take on the role of Santa Claus. Uh, Harmony is still trying to steal shit out of the bag. And uh, Ernest, uh, <laughs> while he's at the movie set, uh, so there's some people with some real snakes. They dump him in the back of his truck. And he has like that epic gross out face. <laughs> he always has like the most epic reactions. I love it. Uh, and then later on, you can see uh, he's talking with Santa. And he, he's like dumping out the snakes on the side of the, of the road. Santa, and he's talking with Ernest, saying that he needs to talk to Joe again. Um, you know, cause you know, he wasn't able to convince him the first time. Um, there's one scene where Joe is saying to Santa that, he, uh, he should continue on. Um, and if not, he, he tells him that like the torch will flicker out if he doesn't pass it over to him. So this is like really serious. Like this is, this is the part where they need to save Christmas. This is where the save Christmas and Ernest save Christmas is from, uh, later on, um, when, uh, Ernest and, um, Santa, um, you're, you're leaving the movie set there. They're heading home to go grab Santa's magic bag and Harmony's still at Ernest's place trying to, uh, you know, steal shit from the bag. Um, she pulled out a bunch of kids toys that she has nothing that, you know, no purpose for. And so she's trying to hide them around the room to make it look like she didn't touch Santa's bag. And she's like hiding like stuffed animals underneath the couch. And she hides like a slinky in the lamp or whatever. And then they get home and then Ernest suspects something, something's wrong. He thinks that Harmony stole the items in the bag. He's like, call it a fifth sense or a flash of intermission. Oh, <laughs> I never noticed. I never, I never noticed he said this before, but he said, I have a feeling deep down in the heart of my bottom. Because <laughs> he meant to say in the bottom of my heart. But he said, I have a feeling deep down in, in the heart of my bottom. <laughs> that was disgusting. Yeah. But then, uh, but then they check and then uh, the orbs are still there in the bag because I don't know if they're like self-regenerating or whatever. Um but then Santa's like, you know what? Trust people. He's like, it'll, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I forget exactly what Santa says, but he's like, trust people. It, 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 hurt, it helps more than it hurts or something like that. Um, but then later on, Ernest was right about his, uh, his the feeling in the heart of his bottom. Uh, because Harmony, uh, she, when she's taking Santa's sack to the, to the truck. Santa has a bag of feathers. She switches it out. Yeah, she she puts a bag of feathers in the back of the truck, and then she keeps Santa's real bag with her, 
and she plans on stealing it. And she, she makes up some bullshit story again. Like she's like, oh, my uh, my cousin um, bought me some clothes. That I need to go try them on so I can't go with you guys. And so she takes the real Santa's bag, sneaks it out. And she she plans on going to the bus station, dum, taking off with it. Dum, 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 dum. And then uh, later. Um, God is a failure to accumulate. <laughs> yeah, that's funny earlier in the movie. Uh, and then so Ernest uh, goes to take um, Santa to Joe's house uh, so he can have one more talk with them. And then um, when they get there t- to uh, Santa's chagrin, uh, Joe shaved off his beard. He's like, why did you shave your beard off? And, and of course, it was for the role. And that's when Joe says, you know, what? I can't I can't take this. Uh, I can't take the job of Santa. Uh, and then uh, Santa's trying to convince him that he's got to do it. And he's like, well, you know, how am I supposed to believe you? Like. And then, he, and then I think at some point, like Santa hands him his magic sack, right? And he's like, what? Are you trying to give me a bag filled with feathers? Like, like what's going on here? And then, and then Santa's trying to explain, uh, yeah, I know it's a bag of feathers. Like uh, my real bag was stolen. And then uh, Joe's like, I have an appointment with people who want to give me more than just a bag of feathers. Uh, so it looks like Santa's not, not going to be able to save Christmas, man. And Ernest, you know, Ernest's not going to be able to save Christmas. It's, everything's, up at the airport. everything's not lining up in the favor. But yes. We do see some elves show up, some helper elves, not helper elms. <laughs> anyway, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So uh, Harmony's at the train station or the bus station ready to leave town. She's trying to get as far away as she can with that bag. And she sees a family uh, and then this, this dumbass, uh, annoying brother arguing with his sister about saying, you know, Santa's not real and, and blah, blah, blah. And then, um, you know, it kind of gets to Harmony. And uh, then she feels the need to defend, uh, you know, the little girl's belief in Santa because she knows she now knows Santa's real. And um, and this kind of leads to her epiphany that she has uh, in turning around once and for all. Uh, Like you said, the elves show up at the airport and the the same guy that checked uh, Santa's passport earlier looks at their passport and and it says that, you know, they're helper elves. And he's like... uh, he just he just he just too uh he just too tired to to carry he's like why not it's christmas and he stamps it and whatnot and then uh ernest actually makes it to the uh, airport to pick up the reindeer but they won't release him because he's like are you helper elms and he's like no i'm ernest and he's like i oh, sorry i can't release it you have to be helper elms and then uh and then the, well the el- ernest we got some real questions <laughs> and you better have some real answer yeah <laughs> And then finally the elves show up and then they're like, no, it's helper elves. And they're like, do you have, (laughs) yeah. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, he's like, do you have some identification? And they they pull off their disguises. They're wearing like sunglasses and hats to disguise their elfness. And they pull off their disguise and then they show their pointy ears and like, ta-da. He's like, you know, I think that's good enough. Uh, So they're successful in getting the reindeer and the sleigh. Uh, So Ernest takes it in the truck and he's trying to get it to Santa Claus. Santa's at the um, uh, at the uh, children's museum, uh, trying to wait for Joe because he told him he's like, "You got to be here, man. We got to you got to launch off at seven, or else it's going to be too late. Uh, and you you know by the time you get those toys out, it's going to be daylight. You know, and the magic's going to run out. So you got to uh, you got to be here at this time. So he's he's hoping he's going to show up. Meanwhile, Ernest is trying to get the uh, the sleigh and the reindeer over there. Uh, and then we go back to Harmony Star. Uh, that's when she uh, she chimes in uh, with the family 
with the boy saying that Santa's not real. She's like, you know what? Santa's real. Where do you get off on telling her that Santa's not real? You know how Santa's real? Like, I look at, I have his, I have his magic bag. And then the little girl's like, well, if, if that's Santa's bag, then why do you have it? And it kind of clicks with her that, oh shit, you know, maybe I need to get this bag back to Santa Claus. Uh, so that, that gets her, that gets her, um, headed back on the right path. Uh, Ernest takes off, uh, on the sleigh. That, that's his only way he can get, he can get the sleigh on time yep. over to the children's museum. So he decides that he's going to wield the sleigh. So he gets all the reindeer hooked up and there's an ongoing gag, uh, where he I doesn't miss my wrong view. What's destiny yeah there's a there's an ongoing gag where he doesn't know blitzen's name so he so he has to say all the uh on donner on comet on cupid on donned on blitzen he keeps calling him blister or something like that <laughs> and then like no it's blitzen he's like oh yeah blitzen and then it activates the sleigh with all the reindeer and he goes you know flying off in the sleigh uh, but he doesn't know how to fly it so he's just like going everywhere like he's circling around the earth and uh, he's flying wildly and out of control. And then the elves are like, you're going to kill us. And he's like, don't, don't worry, my little gherkin buddies. <laughs> but, uh, he, he cannot wield this. <laughs> he does not have the magic touch. Uh, there's one point where he's like, even like, uh, circling around the earth, like Superman, dun, 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 like a bereaved dun, dun, Superman dun, dun, trying to save Lois. Uh, there's one point where he goes fucking light speed. <laughs> I love that scene. Like, like, he literally Star goes Wars light. He looks like the Millennium balls. Falcon. Like you see the stars, like just like in Star Wars, the stars stretch, and he goes fucking light speed, and then he ends up in the atmosphere, just like floating in the air, and then eventually he he almost crashes back to Earth. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, Santa's talking to the receptionist um, that was at the um, children's museum, um, and then uh, she's asking if he found his sack because earlier he was. Uh, that's when he realized that his sack was missing. He was talking to the receptionist about it. She's like, oh, have you found your sack? He's like, yeah, uh, a girl named Pamela Trenton took it. Um, I wonder if that little girl is still there. I wonder if that child is still there. Yeah, you can tell he really cares because he's like, you know, she was a shy but smart little girl. Caring human being, caring Santa. Yeah. Almost brought a tear to my eye. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we see uh, Joe, you know, he still hasn't decided... Uh, to be Santa at this point, he's still, he's still just, you know, kind of stuck on the fact that he doesn't want to be Santa Claus. He doesn't quite believe, uh, what he's hearing. And then, uh, at this point when Ernest is flying crazily around, uh, the earth on the sleigh, uh, Joe is in the business meeting to be in, in the, the Santa sleigh movies. And then he looks out the window and he sees Ernest flying around. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, He sees Ernest flying around on the sleigh and then he realizes, oh shit, this might be real. Like Santa's real. <laughs> I don't think he sees Ernest on the sleigh. I think he just sees Santa's sleigh flying around and he's like, yeah. And that's when he yells out, Merry it's Christmas, him. everybody. And then he, he goes, him. Merry Christmas, yeah. everybody. And he realizes he has to be Santa. Like this is this is everything that he's been told was real and it's up to him to save Christmas. And it's up to Ernest to save Christmas. And so he goes rushing out of the meeting to fulfill his destiny. Uh this gets this is where it gets exciting, man. We're at the conclusion of the movie, man. Uh it's funny, there's one point where they scramble some jets to chase the sleigh. It reminds me of a uh, of course, this is before that, but uh, nightmare, uh, nightmare before Christmas, the same thing happens. They scramble some jets and they, and they blow uh, Jack Skellington out of the sky. So the, oh. the same thing almost happens, but luckily Ernest he did some invasive maneuvers and he goes underneath the radar 
<laughs> he tells him, hang on to your leader hose and raise your ears. We're going to go drop under the radar. And he goes, he flies down like to ground level. And then he goes, he flies through a toll gate and then scares the toll booth operator. Half to death. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we cut back to Harmony. She's rushing to deliver the sack. Uh, the receptionist said, uh, I haven't believed in Santa since. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. And then uh, later uh, we cut back to. Uh, later we cut back to Harmony. Uh, she's rushing off to deliver the sack. Santa's still talking with the receptionist. Um, and then she's like, oh, I haven't believed in Santa since. And then Santa chimes in. He's like, since January 13th, 1931, when your smart Alex sister thought it was time to tell you the quote unquote truth. Uh, showing that, you know, he's the Santa, he's the real Santa and he knows, he knows everything. He knows when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. And he knows when your smart Alec sister thought it was time to tell you the quote unquote truth. <laughs> Anywho, moving on, moving on. Um, Harmony uh, rushes up to Santa with tears in her eyes, uh, you know, begging for forgiveness. And uh, he welcomes her back with a hug. And he's like, I, you know, um, you know, he's, he's, he's. You know, he's Santa. He's willing to forgive and forget. Uh, Harmony says, you know, I got to thinking about you and Ernest and other things. And, you know, I got I'm getting stuff together in my life. And I decided to call my mom. And then Santa's like, I bet she was worried. And then and then uh, she's like, yeah, especially when I told her who I was with. <laughs> you know, imagine telling your mom that. Yeah, I've been hanging out with Santa Claus and some guy named Ernest. <laughs> anyway, uh, Joe pulls up to the museum and he's like, is the job still available? And then Santa, he doesn't look too happy at first, but it's just a bluff. He's like, then he's like, for the right man it is. And he shakes his hand. And then um, at this point, they're like, where's the sleigh? And, and, then, and then Santa's like, oh, yeah, where is the sleigh? And that's when uh, Ernest is just still zipping around. And uh, and, and then finally, finally, he, uh, you know, he crashes back down to earth. And then uh, luckily he, he's able to hit the brakes just in time before he hits the ground. And then he turns to the camera and he's like. Air brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, the, the elves are like, oh, you know, we told him not to. We told him not to do it. It wasn't a good idea. And then Santa's like, oh, no, that was brilliant. And then. But and then that was a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and they change their story real quick. And then, uh, and, you know, they're saying their, um, their goodbyes because Harmony is about to go back to, you know, meet her parents. And, of course, it's, it's, you know, they, they've grown attached to her. So uh, Ernest is a little, you can tell he's a little sad. He gets that little kid-like, you know. Keep your nose clean, little lady. Yeah, he does his, he does his John Wayne impression again. Miss you. And then uh, Joe offers, uh, you know, oh, and there's that scene where um, after he does the handshake, uh, Santa's power is transferred to Joe. It looks pretty good. You see like this blue energy wraps around him and he's wearing full Santa gear. He has this full Santa beard and everything like that. He looks great. And then uh, he, Joe actually offers Ernest the, the flying job for the night. He's like, hey, you know, I haven't figured out how to work this thing. And you, it looks like you already figured it out. He's like, uh, he asked Santa, he's like, would it be wrong uh, to have a, a pilot with me on this flight? And he's like, I don't see why not. And then... Uh, and he's like, after all, and then I like this is a call back to the beginning of the movie, but he's like, after all, I am Ernest P. Worrell, thrill driver, because when he was driving the cab like a nutcase, he uh, he yelled out, thrill driver, and then he's back to being uh, Ernest P. Worrell, thrill driver, and then uh, they make uh, Harmony uh, star the honorary uh, elf of the night, so they they go. 
and fly off into the night, delivering presents to the kids around the world. And it's at this point we could say Ernest has officially saved Christmas. Lovely, lovely movie. A little heartfelt message about, uh, you know. I got tears in my eyes when uh, Santa hugged Harmony Star. It was just so. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was so a great touching. scene. Wonderful Pamela movie. Pamela Trent. Pamela yeah. Trenton. Uh, and then Mary Morrissey, uh, who is the receptionist, uh, she um, she formally introduces herself to Santa, who reveals his real name is Seth Applegate. And it's implied that, you know, they're going to become an item now. <laughs> so he's going to live out the rest of his human life. Uh, and then uh, we, we're left with the scene of the sleigh flying around. And then on the screen, it says, oh, Merry oh, Christmas oh, to Merry all. Merry Christmas. And to all a good night. And it says, underneath it says, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then the last thing we see is the, the two brothers at the end uh, work at the airport. Uh, and then uh, there's another crate that shows up. And lo and behold, the Easter Bunny's ears pop out. It's like almost like teasing a sequel, but it's not really. I think it's just a gag. I don't think they intended to make an Easter movie, but I thought that was a little funny gag at the end. Uh, wonderful, wonderful movie. I have a little bit more trivia uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, in the first draft of the film, Ernest was going to take over the Santa role. I think I said that already. Um, but yeah, and originally they were going to make him Santa Claus instead of uh, Joe Carruthers. I think that would have been cool to see uh, the Ernest version of Santa. But uh, Disney yep. didn't want that to happen. They thought, who, who in the hell would give <laughs> Ernest the Santa role? I would love Ernest Santa. That would be great. Imagine seeing him with a, an epic beard. And uh, de-aged Jim Varney. That would be badass. <laughs> they didn't have that technology back then. They uh, do now. During filming, uh, Disney was at war with the Teamsters Union. So there was, there was like picketing during the production. And a lot of times when John Cherry yelled out action, uh, they, would, they would shoot off firecrackers and stuff. This is the first union protest at a film production in Orlando, Florida, where the movie was being shot. Uh, and then uh, there's this weird little bit of trivia. I don't know what they're implying by this, but it says John Cherry had assigned someone to keep Noel Parker, who played Harmony Star, away from the crew members as she was a bit too friendly. And it says in quotation marks, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't want to know. Uh, that was from IMDb. I didn't I didn't make this shit up. Uh, for all I know, they're making this shit up because... I think random, I think almost like Wikipedia, people could just post random shit on IMDb. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt. But uh, this wraps up our discussion on Ernest Saves Christmas. Yep. Well, uh, out of uh, out of 10, what would you rate this movie? I rated 10 out of 10. You know what? I would, uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. I would, I would say it's a good, you know, ranking it amongst the other Ernest movies, I would say it's a good solid. I would actually give it a high rental to those who have next Eight and a half it. out of ten. Uh, very good, very good movie. Very great movie, and of course, very great Christmas movie. Thank you for watching this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we wish you happy holidays. We were going to talk about cheer. some other Christmas movies, but we didn't get around to it. But of course, you know, give some and honorable course, honorable talks to you know uh, Christmas Story, which we, we watch it. every year. Um, what are some other Christmas movies you watch? Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. I love The Grinch. We actually filmed The Grinch episode that would probably never see the light of day. Uh, not that it was bad. It just, uh, I don't know. I didn't feel I didn't feel a, a good vibe about it. So, But uh, maybe I'll post it up somewhere as a, as a bonus episode or something like that. Um, maybe onto our podcast. What are some other Christmas movies we like? We talked uh, about Miracle on 34th Street. The Santa oh, Claus with Tim Mellon. Santa Claus. That one's okay. I didn't really grow up watching it. Um, I saw Jack Frost for the first time. It was pretty freaky. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and of course, well, Rudolph um, the Red Nosed Reindeer cartoon. Oh yeah, I love those those Rudolph holiday the specials. The Rankin Bass. Had a very shiny nose. I don't know if that's copyrighted. We, 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 I don't know if we can sing too much of that. But uh, thank you for joining us on this Christmas episode of uh, the Men Who Watch Movies. We had Merry a great Christmas, time. Everyone. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Men Watch Movies. Uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Men Watch Movies. We also have a Facebook page. I believe it's also at Men Watch Movies. Um, you know, we hope to see you again next week. We're going to try and get out our last episode before the end of the year. Uh, we're going to talk, we're going to do a recap of our, our podcast thus far. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we hope you had a wonderful time. Uh, my name is Alec. And my name is DJ the Movie Man Wagner, also known as the COE of the Men Who Watch Movies. And here with me is the Vice President of Editing. Would you give a big Movie <laughs> I love Man? a new title. Welcome to... Alec Casterhone. Welcome to me. Merry Christmas, everyone. And thank God you. God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Uh, happy uh, Kwanzaa. Happy um, Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate, we celebrate with you. Thank happy you for holidays. joining us. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy New Year. Christmas.